Believing Weakness Podcast. Kids are soft. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little cushions. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Hey, welcome to the podcast, everybody. So over the course of the next three episodes, we're going to be doing a whole series on nootropics. And I would say of all the different compounds that I have experience with and all the things that I know a lot about, I would say my specialty is really um, cognitive enhancing substances. You see, so often the biohacking community, fitness, weightlifting, research community, whatever community we're talking about here, we put such an emphasis on enhancing like our physical performance that we often overlook optimizing our cognitive performance. And your brain is just as important as your body, if not more so. Uh, what good are all those big muscles that you're building if you don't have a well-performing brain? Our ancestors were actually using nootropics like mushroom, herbs, and different kinds of alcohols to alter brain function for a few thousand years. So the concept of altering your brain function and enhancing it is not new. However, the term nootropic is actually a pretty recent development. So there was a uh, Romanian psychologist and chemist named Dr. Corneliu uh, Gergea, and he coined the term nootropic in, I think, 1972. And it, it was about a decade after he synthesized pyracetam. Uh, which is a nootropic in the racetam family. And the word itself, nootropic, derives from the Greek words nous, which is mind, and trepin, which is to bend. So, to bend the mind. Uh, now, nootropics are basically a class of either natural or synthetic substances that improve cognitive brain function. They are sometimes referred to by other names such as neuroenhancers, smart drug, cognitive boosters, uh, or even memory enhancers. Uh, there's different substances that can be used to affect different processes in your brain. Uh, so like the perfect nootropic stack can be as individual as the fingerprint in regards to what's going to work best for you. Now, here are the things that nootropics are primarily used for. To relieve mood disorders, improve focus, increase motivation, enhance memory, boost mood, improve cognition, uh, neuroprotective, which is basically preventing uh, damage to your brain. And I'd also like to suggest that, and this might fall into like the mood enhancement, but there's certain nootropics that can actually alleviate like anxiety and depression. Um, and I'll talk about some of those later on in this series. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about a vast array of different dotropic compounds. Um, this is going to be kind of like a, a just going shotgun down a list of different things so you can have a, a good understanding because there's so many of them. It can get kind of over, overwhelming. Um, so this first episode, we're going to start with some of the more basic ones that you've probably seen if you've had any you know interest in nootropics. So the first one we're going to talk about is choline. Now, choline is arguably the most basic of nootropics, okay? It's an essential nutrient needed by your body, and your body cannot make it on its own. It is a water-soluble nutrient um, required for the health of cell cellular membranes and is the precursor to a neurotransmitter that's extremely important called acetylcholine. Now, acetylcholine is important because it is an essential neurotransmitter that's involved in a lot of very, very important processes like memory, cognition, sleep, and muscle control. So you can get uh, this from some food sources like egg yolks, liver, uh, there's certain grains, cruciferous vegetables, which is going to be um, like your broccoli, um, cauliflower, things like that. And there's a few different dairy products too. Um, However, in my opinion, with our modern diets and, you know, uh, agriculture and over-farming land and stuff, I personally believe that uh, people in general don't get enough choline without supplementation. Now, brain health is uh, 
compromised by not getting enough choline, okay? So common signs of choline deficiency are often having headaches, uh, fatigue, uh, memory issues, and even muscle pain, because like I said, uh, it's involved in muscle control. So that's choline, but there are different versions of choline, okay? Um, so there's alpha-GPC, there's choline by tartrate, and there's CDP choline. Now, um, let's talk about choline by tartrate. Choline by tartrate is basically a choline salt, and it is the least costly source of choline, okay? It, however, in my opinion, it's weak as hell in terms of bioavailability. It's, it's much weaker compared to alpha-GPC and the CDP choline. That means that you're going to use way more to achieve similar nootropic effects of the other two types of choline. Um, so even though it's cheaper, you're going to be going through a lot more because, you know, it's, it's not as bioavailability. Uh, it's bioavailability isn't as good as the other ones. And, I, you know, the choline bar tartrate doesn't cross the blood brain barrier as well as uh, alpha GPC. So your dosing for choline by tartrate ranges from, you know, half a gram, which is 500 milligrams, the minimum. Um, and to get a more effective dose, you're going to have to take like five grams daily, to be honest with you. So, you know, like I said, it's cheap, but you're going to be running through it if you want to use the effective amounts. Now, um, the other kind is CDP choline. Um, now, this is a highly bioavailable source of choline that really easily crosses the blood-brain barrier and helps with cognition and thinking. Um, the CDP choline is a really effective nootropic on, on its own, uh, but it works synergistically to boost the effectiveness of other nootropics, and it pairs especially well with compounds that are in like the racetam family, which there's a shitload of those, and we'll get into those later. But your dosing on the CDP choline is going to be like 250 to 750 milligrams per day. Now, the third, which is my favorite, because um, I think it's kind of a really good middle of the road as far as effectiveness and uh, price point, is the Alpha GPC, okay? Now, Alpha GPC is more bioavailable than just regular uh, uh, choline, okay? Um, now, like I said, choline is extremely important because it maintains communication between all the cells and neurons in our body, but we don't get enough of it. Most companies use, like if they have like a nootropic product, most companies are going to use the more economic form, which is choline by tartrate, just to say that they have choline in there. Um, but like I said, it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier very well. Um, so it's better to use a superior version like alpha-GPC. Now, alpha-GPC, what it does is it supports the nervous system by boosting acetylcholine and cholinogenic activity, okay? It may, see, research has proven that it may uh, raise the levels of other brain-protective messengers such as GABA, dopamine, serotonin, and nostal phosphate, and it might boost actually actually seriously might boost some growth hormone levels as well based off some of the studies I've read on it. Now, alpha-GPC, just in all honesty, has been the main staple of my daily nootropic use for nearly two and a half years now. It works awesome. It really helps increase mental alertness and information processing. A good starting daily dose is 500 milligrams when you start out, uh, but you can take it as high as 1,000 milligrams. What I do on a daily basis is I take uh, 750 milligrams. Um, and this, like the CDP choline, pairs really well with um, you know your race teams, which it's important to take these cholines with your race teams because certain race teams can deplete choline in your body due to the pathways that it works. So uh, most workout supplements, like I said, they're going to use the cheapest form of choline. Alpha-GPC is a more expensive ingredient for manufacturers and, you know, a standalone ingredient for consumers to use in uh, their workout regimens. So pre-workouts that do contain alpha-GPC uh, rarely contain an effective dosage. Um, a lot of them will only have like 200 milligrams per dosage. And like I said, you need to start out at like 500 milligrams in my opinion. Um, I take this... In the morning, I usually take this in a, a raw form by itself, you know, as a powder um, and just, 
drink some water with it. Um, it's not pleasant tasting at all, but you can uh, buy these in capsule forms. Um, I think Nootropics Depot has those, and I think that they have one that's paired with either caffeine or L-theanine uh, that's got a pretty good price point on it. So you might want to check that out. But if you're going to be doing nootropics, I highly recommend that a staple of what you're using be the Alpha GPC. And if you have never used nootropics, it's a really safe one. And you will, after a week or so, feel like you have better focus and better cognition. Um, so moving on, we're going to talk about caffeine. Now, most everybody listening has, you know, used caffeine. <laughs> it's probably the most common nootropic. Um, it's actually a psychoactive uh, central nervous system stimulant, like a CNS. Um, and it is actually in the methylxanthanine class, I believe. Um, now, caffeine can actually occur naturally in a few different plants, um, you know, like coffee and tea and things like that. Um, it stimulates the central nervous system and really rids the mind of feelings of tiredness, basically. Um, some of the most common products containing caffeine are going to be your sports drinks, energy drinks, tea, coffee, chocolate, even has caffeine in it. Uh, anything containing guarana uh, and most soft drinks have caffeine in it. Um, you know, unless they say caffeine-free, uh, some things that I think they don't have caffeine is going to be like your Sierra Mist, uh, which they mainly do that for like nursing homes and stuff, a clear carbonated beverage without caffeine. I think a lot of the crush uh, sodas like Orange Crush and things like that don't have caffeine, and I know most root beers don't as well. Uh, but caffeine pretty much provides an almost instant, instantaneous increase in general alertness and is really useful in situations where you might need to temporarily give uh, your own energy levels and mental focus a quick boost. Um, you know, that's why most people take it pre-workout. So uh, now here's some of the things that caffeine is good for. Uh, it helps to quell large appetites and acts as a diuretic to help rid the body of excess water weight. Um, now, it, like I said, it can curb appetite and increases focus and memory. Uh, it does improve athletic performance. Uh, there's been shitloads of studies on caffeine. Um, caffeine does help lower pain uh, and it helps lower uh, feelings of fatigue. Uh, improved endurance in high-intensity exercise situations. It increases thermogenesis, um, and it helps burn fat. Now, I can tell you about the thermogenesis and the, the water weight. I remember when I was like 19, I got a hold of some, maybe they were stacker, I can't remember, uh, that were like 200 milligram caffeine pills. And I had not really used a lot of caffeine in my life other than maybe drinking a soda. Wasn't a big coffee fan back then. I am now. I drink coffee all the time. But I remember I got one of those stacker pills. It was like 200 milligrams. And I took one of those before working out when I was like 19. And man, I started sweating like crazy. Uh, just tons of sweating out water. And I felt hot and sweaty. And I was just fucking good to go. And, <laughs> and now 200 milligrams doesn't really affect me because I have such tolerance to it like most people. And in general, I feel like our society as a whole is honestly over-caffeinated. Um, now, a interesting thing about caffeine is tolerance can build up extremely fast. There's actually a study for back in uh, 1981 that showed that people who were not caffeine users actually became desensitized to it in only four days, um, started gaining that tolerance. Now, the higher doses of caffeine uh it is important for you weightlifting dudes uh, and bodybuilders to know that it can bring diminishing returns. So, for example, when taken in amounts that are over 350 milligrams, studies have shown that caffeine does become vasorestrictive and it limits blood flow. So, if you take too much of it, you won't be getting the pump. So, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people that take crazy amounts of caffeine and will just take a shitload of like Viagra or something like that to uh, negate that issue. But, you know, taking tons of this and having to take tons of that to, you know, balance each other out is probably not healthy. Um, so 
This makes the pump pre-workouts with insane amounts of caffeine pretty absurd. Uh, like, not to call a specific one out here, but there's one that I saw, I think the name of it was like 5150 or something like that. And it had like 400 or 450 milligrams of fucking caffeine and it was a pump pre-workout. And I was just like, man, I mean, this is kind of absurd here because, you know, that is a really vaso-restrictive amount of caffeine. So I personally find that 200 milligrams per day is more than sufficient to get the benefits of caffeine. Just make sure you take regular breaks to reset your tolerance. Now, I personally, um, it's a lot of people call it drug vacations where, <laughs> I know that sounds absurd, but it's basically where you choose to make um, your weekends uh, free of a substance. So, and that's to reset your tolerance. So, you know, if you take caffeine uh, Monday through Friday, Go Saturday and Sunday without taking it. And I guarantee on Monday, your source of caffeine, like that cup of coffee, is going to be the best cup of coffee you've had all month. Um, now, moving on, uh, I want to talk about teocrine. Okay, so theocrine or teocrine, however you want to pronounce it, can be viewed, in my opinion, as a natural central nervous system stimulant, like caffeine, but this is more natural. Um, and it is a fantastic alternative to caffeine if used correctly, okay? Now, I have taken comp this compound in the past several times to actually wean off of caffeine for long periods of time in order to, like, totally reset my caffeine tolerance. Um, now, this is, the, the chemical name for this is 1379-tetramethyluric acid, okay? But it's, it's a purine alkaloid that's found in kapuka fruit and in uh, some t Chinese tea known as kucha. Now, it shows anti-inflammatory and analgesic uh, effects and appears to affect uh, adrenosin signaling in a manner that's really similar to caffeine. Now, interestingly... Teocrine has demonstrated clinical safety in non-habituating effects in healthy humans over eight weeks of daily use up to 300 milligrams a day. Uh, therefore, you, you can consider this a very safe alternative to caffeine, and it feels different, okay? It's similar to caffeine in molecular structure, the difference being an added methyl group in the ninth position uh, and a carbonate as a result of adding the carbon group at the eighth position. However, these subtle little changes uh, result in a very different chemical properties between the two. So, like I said, teocrine demonstrated clinical safety in healthy people over eight weeks of daily use, up to 300 milligrams a day. Um, and there was another sh study that showed that there was no evidence of a reduced reaction to the drug's effectiveness um, following repeated use. So people weren't building up a tolerance to this like they do with caffeine. Um, now, it's significant because tolerance buildup is pretty typical of any neuroactive agent like caffeine and other stimulants. And like I said, caffeine tolerance builds up pretty fast. You know, they had that study show people were becoming desensitized to it in only four days. Um, I've played with this compound many times. I've done lower doses of 100 milligrams, and I've gone all the way up to the 300 milligrams. Um, as you can imagine, the more stimulating effects come at the higher dosage. After three weeks of use, uh, I did not build up a tolerance to this at all. Uh, and uh, whenever I started using caffeine, I mean, again, after being off of it and using the teocrine uh, was like the strongest cup of coffee I've ever had. And it wasn't, it was just a small cup of espresso. Um, now in regards to how this compound feels, um, it's a more smooth and sustained effect than a traditional stimulant like caffeine. Cause like caffeine kicks in pretty fast for me, but it also wears off fairly quickly after just a few hours. Uh, and a lot of people crash later in the day after they consume large amounts of caffeine. The energy from teocrine feels more clean than traditional caffeine or stimulants. Um, it takes a little bit longer to actually hit, you know. It's not, you know, caffeine, you'll feel the effects of it in 5 or 10 minutes. This, this takes a little bit longer, you know. It's like 30 minutes before it kicks in. 
Um, but it's way longer acting. Uh, it la just lasts so much longer in the body and it has a really smooth peak, you know, um, and then it's just really slowly, gradually wears off. So if, if you have ever, I know a lot of people that want to get off caffeine or reset their tolerance. Uh, Teocrine is a amazing um, natural stimulant to use to do that. Now, I will say, whenever you're making the switch over to this from caffeine, first couple days are a little uncomfortable because, you know, it, it takes a little while to kick in. Uh, but just stick with it. I mean... I know a few people in um, the community that don't even use caffeine anymore. They only use this because uh, it's cleaner and, you know, ar arguably it might be better for the nervous system. All right. Now we're going to talk about 5-HTP. Um, I think it's 5-hydroxytryptophan. Um, I think it also is known as oxytryptin or something like that, but it's a naturally occurring amino acid and a chemical precursor to a neurotransmitter called serotonin in the brain. Serotonin's biological function is really complex uh, and multifaceted where it modulates mood, cognition, re the reward system, learning, memory, and overall maintaining healthy sleep. Um, now, 5-HTP uh, is mainly used to support the brain and help promote healthy sleep. It's in a whole lot of sleep products, um, but... Research has shown that it can also help with impulse control and balancing out mood, which I can tell you I have uh, noticed a lot reduced anxiety and anxiousness um, whenever I take 5-HTP. Um, and there's some studies that actually showed it uh, helps reduce panic attacks as well for people suffering with that. Uh, this is a really, really good supplement to take um, for, you know, as a sleep aid. A lot of sleep aids will have like this, uh, melatonin, some valerian root and stuff like that. But 5-HTP is a really, really good one. It's, it's really safe. Dosing of 5-HTP is going to be uh, around 50 milligrams three times a day uh, for up to two weeks if you want to like saturate your system with it. But you can also just take that at nighttime, once at nighttime to help with uh, sleep. Next up, we're going to talk about GABA, uh, which is gamma aminobutric acid. Um, it is amino acid and a neurotransmitter that is produced by glutamate in your brain. Now, GABA in the brain is considered an inhibitory neurotransmitter, which means that it prevents other neurotransmitters from being released, okay? And this results in anti-anxiety and calming effects. Now, there is considerable debate on whether GABA as a supplement can even cross the blood-brain barrier, uh, but many people do um, anecdotally find it to be effective for relieving anxiety, stress, and helping with sleep. Um, I am one of those people. Taking too much GABA um, can have some side effects, um, really temporary side effects, <laughs> which uh, is temporary difficulty breathing uh, where it seems like you just can't catch your breath. Um, I've had that happen before whenever I've, I've done injectable GABA and I took too much of it and I just felt like, uh, almost like I had the wind knocked out of me. Like I just couldn't catch my breath no matter how much I kept breathing and it only lasted for like a minute. So, um, this effect dissipates pretty quickly. Um, and the other, no matter how much you take of GABA, uh, if you take it as a powder form, it has this really shitty metallic taste uh, that you get in your mouth um, once it hits your bloodstream. So it's kind of unusual taking it because, like, if you take something that has GABA in it, once it hits the bloodstream, you get this um, metallic taste. It has a metallic taste in general when you first put it in your mouth, but you it's almost like for a minute or two you, you taste like copper in your mouth once it hits the bloodstream. Um, but there's a lot of really good sleep uh, supplements, almost like, um, I don't know what you call them. They're like powdered supplements that'll have like a stack of different compounds and stuff in it. Uh, they almost all those have GABA in them. Now, I found that GABA is a really effective sleep uh, supplement for sleeping disorders and insomnia. 
Uh, if you couple this with some other stuff, like the 5-HTP that I mentioned, um, some melatonin, and some valerian root, I mean, you've got one hell of a nootropic sleep stack. Um, the typical dosage uh, that's recommended for GAB is going to be 250 milligrams starting out up to 500 uh, milligrams per day. So 250 milligrams to 500 milligrams. Now, I know there's a lot of people that take like a whole fucking gram of that shit. I think that's overkill. Uh, to be honest with you. But GABA is a pretty popular sleep supplement, and if you never use it, might want to give it a try. All right, let's cover some more of the amino acid nootropics. So let's talk about L-theanine, or just some people call it theanine. Um, I would consider this to be a essential daily nootropic and a another ideal starter compound for people who are unsure what to take when starting cognitive enhancers. Similar to alpha-GPC, I consider L-theanine, alpha-GPC, and some caffeine to be like the three best to start out with, okay? Now, uh, L-theanine is extremely popular because it balances out brain chemistry and improves cognitive health. So, L-theanine is a non-dietary amino acid similar to the neurotransmitters L-glutamate and L-glutamine. Um, it is water-soluble and can be found in a variety of plant and mushroom species, but it is a particularly abundant in green tea. Now, L-theanine easily crosses the blood-brain barrier and reaches your brain within 30 to 45 minutes after consumption. Uh, it's been shown to have positive effects on both alpha and theta brainwaves, uh, promoting better sleep. Um, these particular brainwaves are associated with relaxation, as well as create creativity and relief from trauma. Um, one of the more notable aspects of L-theanine is how it affects the neurotransmitters. Um, it increases GABA, serotonin, dopamine levels. It, it, it helps with all that stuff in the brain. It produces an energizing and calming effect, but it also improves uh, cognition and memory and recall at the same time. So as a neurotransmitter, um, it is what's considered an agonist of the M NMDA receptors, which can inhibit the, the release of glutamate, okay? Um, what this does is it protects your brain from overstimulation that's caused by glutamate and possible glutamate toxicity because of the way that, you know, the brain responds due to lack of oxygen and, you know, creating too much glutamate can, can be toxic. Uh, so this helps with that. It's neuroprotective. Now, this is similar uh, to a process that I'll mention later on with another nootropic, which is actually a neuropeptide called Nopept. And we'll go into that later, how that works with glutamate. Now, what L-theanine does is it promotes healthy sleep, helps burn fat, supports brain function, contributes to alertness and focus, aids cognition and memory, Fortify immune function, it's neuroprotective, and it can actually assist in cardiovascular and heart health as well, according to some studies. Um, now, although somewhat rare, I have seen some users claim uh, that L-theanine completely stopped their anxiety and panic attacks, okay? Um, that is more of an anecdotal thing uh, that I've seen people support. I, I don't necessarily believe or disbelieve that. It's just... I would like to see some hardcore studies saying that that has happened before telling people, oh, this will cure anxiety and panic attacks. I will say that I feel like since I have been using this, I feel less anxious uh, in, out in public because I, I have a little bit of social anxiety and kind of feel, you know, kind of uncomfortable around a lot of people. Um, since I have been taking L-theanine over the past few years, I feel like that has reduced that issue uh, quite a bit. Now, most users uh, report a calming effect within 30 to 45 minutes. Um, a lot of people say that the, the most, well, it, honestly, the, the biggest report that you'll see about this is that it improves their sense of well-being and overall quality of life. And I, I do believe that. Whatever it's doing, it's working. Uh, so calming effect takes place for most people in 30 to 45 minutes after taking L-theanine. Um, cognition gets a boost, 
energy levels uh, rise uh, without the jitterness caused by stimulants like caffeine, by the way. Um, now, the recommended dose of L-theanine is, you know, like 100 milligrams starting out, uh, or you can all go all the way to 400 milligrams. Um, you can take this once or twice a day. Uh, you know, I suggest when you start out, you know, take 100 milligrams of it in the morning, maybe take 100 milligrams in the afternoon, and you should see some pretty great improvements. Overall, that's what I do. I take 100 milligrams in the morning and another 100 milligrams in the evening. Now, moving on, let's talk about L-tyrosine. Now, there's a lot to cover here because it's got a very intricate process by how it works, involving a lot of neurotransmitters and hormones. But it's extremely important because it's the master precursor required to form all catecholamine uh, neuroceptors. Now, with nootropics, we primarily focus on the catecholamine receptors uh, that are that acts as like hormones or neuroreceptors, which are your dopamine, epinephrine, and norepinephrine. Now, just to cover those, if you don't know what those are, dopamine is the neurotransmitter associated with attention, learning, and the brain's feel-good, pleasure, and reward system, okay? Um, if you get high, you've got a dopamine boost. You know, sex, things like that, anything in the pleasure reward system is dopamine. Uh, epinephrine, which is adrenaline, uh, that's a hormone secreted by the adrenal glands, which is typically released in response to acute stress or danger, things like that. Then you have norepinephrine, which is another stress hormone, which affects uh, parts of the brain where attention and response actions are going to be controlled. Um, you know, this one underlines the fight or flight survival response there. So what happens is this is the process. Just follow me. The brain converts L-tyrosine into these hormones or neuroreceptors through a really fucking complex series of chemical processes. I'm going to break it down into a basic four-step process, okay? Your brain uses an enzyme to convert L-tyrosine into L-dopa. That's one. Second, a decarboxylation of L-dopa then results in synthesis of the neurotransmitter dopamine. Three, the enzyme dopamine beta hydroxylase converts L-dopa into norepinephrine. Then, finally, uh, noradrenaline then converts to adrenaline. See, it's, it's a lot of processes there to make this all work. So, tyrosine, just using that as a supplement, okay, it can be a highly effective nootropic for boosting cognitive function, okay? It's particularly helpful in maintaining cognitive performance when you're under any sort of stress, okay? Extreme uh, stressors like sleep deprivation, you know, experiencing traumatic events, that kind of stuff can deplete the catecholamine uh, levels. So L-tyrosine basically restores those once they've been depleted to help preserve optimal cognition. Now, L-tyrosine also stimulates the production of thyroid hormones, uh, which are crucial in maintaining both overall physical and cognitive health. Um, but L-tyrosine can also be effective treatment for ADD. Um, you know, if you get on a lot of um, encyclopedia-based, like, um, nootropic websites, um, like nootropicexpert.com or anything like that, you'll see that a lot of ADD stacks... Uh, where people, and well, there's a lot of Reddit where they talk about this, people that, uh, you know, have ADD, but they don't want to use like Adderall and stuff like that. You know, they have done pretty effective self-treatment with L-tyrosine. Um, so the, what's going on here with that is it works in synergy with pharmaceutical drugs like Ritalin and Adderall by boosting extracellular levels of dopamine, which helps these drugs to actually be more effective. Um, now it potentiates increases in extracellular dopamine as well. So as your dopamine levels, uh, increase, you're better able to concentrate, organize your thoughts and stay productive. Um, but like I said, I've seen tons of anecdotal, um, claims on like Reddit and stuff that people, you know, get tired of being on Adderall and all this shit, uh, for their ADD 
and ADHD, and they self-treated pretty successfully with like L-tyrosine and some other things. Now, I'm not suggesting that you do that if you have ADD or ADHD. You know, do your own research. You know, talk to your caregiver about things like that before deciding to stop using a medication that's been prescribed to you and really uh, decide what's going to be best for you. Don't take my word for any of this. This is just anecdotal claims I've seen other people making. I have, (laughs) I will not take responsibility for what you do to yourself, okay? But just take a look into if that's something you're interested in. Now, L-tyrosine, suggested dose for cognitive benefit, starts at like 500 milligrams and can go all the way to two grams per day. Uh, But you might find that your body actually responds better to smaller doses, uh, which I have. Uh, you know, 500 milligrams a day is more than sufficient for me personally. Just you have to listen to your body and see how you react. Now, uh, there's a few different forms of this. The N-acetyl-L-tyrosine is a highly bioavailable form of L-tyrosine. Uh, you can feel its effects quicker and um, it will last longer. Uh, a lot of times you'll see the acronym for that being N-A-L-T, um, N-acetyl-L-tyrosine. Uh, it's helpful for most researchers or uh, neurohackers, what do you want to call it, to combat stress and sleep deprivation. Um, That's whenever I've really taken advantage of it. It was during really stressful times in my life, um, and this certainly did help. Now, the recommended dosing for the NALT, the N-acetyl version, is 350 to 500 milligrams twice per day. A lot of times the NALT is going to be a little bit more expensive, but in my opinion, it's more effective, so it's worth it. All right, next up on the next amino acid nootropic is going to be L-carnitine. Most of us are very familiar with this. Great, great compound here. Like I said, it's an amino acid. It's used in the process of, of transporting fatty acids to the mitochondria. From there, the fatty acids are broken down to produce energy. Once in the mitochondria, the fatty acids uh, can be oxidized and then used as fuel to create ATP. Now, ATP is adrenosine triphosphate. ATP is very, very important. Um, Now, this is why athletes aim to incorporate carnitine into their diets. There's been an utter shitload of carnitine research that is really focused on athletes and bodybuilding benefits and most of them have found that taking l-carnitine supplements uh, supports greater endurance during exercise and some human trials found that it may even promote muscle recovery after a workout natural production of l-carnitine going to decrease over time uh, which what that does is it would influence uh, mitochondrial function and energy um supplementation of this compound can help turn this process around and actually boost energy you know that's probably one of the reasons why as you get older you feel like shit you you know less um carnitine function in the or less carnitine production in the body so less energy production um energy is one of the best touted of the many carnitine potential benefits with most users reporting support in both cognitive and physical fatigue. You know, I can attest to that. You know, if you take L-carnitine, you're going to feel less fatigue both physically and uh, psychologically. Now, L-carnitine is produced naturally in the body uh, and is transported to the heart, brains, and all kinds of other tissues. The food sources you can find this uh, from is primarily going to be protein uh, food sources like lean cuts of beef, pork, poultry, and some seafoods. Um, there's a few dairy products uh, in milk that it can be found, like certain cheeses and even ice cream. Um, however, when taken as a supplement in its plain form, L-carnitine has very low uh, oral bioavailability. So if you want to take it uh, to where you can get it effectively absorbed in your body, you've got to use an altered version like an acetyl form, which is going to be Alcare, A-L-C-A-R, the acronym, or uh, my preferred method, which is, you know, a lot of people aren't going to want to do this, but I actually like injecting carnitine, like, uh, you know, in a water-soluble research chemical. Personally, I I do suggest 
um, you know, especially starting out, using the more potent version of acetylcholine, which is acetyl L-carnitine, all care, um, which uh, it goes a step further than L-carnitine because this is a synthesized form can more easily cross the blood-brain barrier, which provides um, more of the nootropic qualities because more of it's getting to the brain. So while acetyl L-carnitine helps turn fat into energy, just like L-carnitine, it does goes a step further with supporting brain and energy function because it crosses the blood-brain barrier much more effectively than just regular L-carnitine. Um, All-care, that acetyl form, um, is a nootropic in my opinion because it targets your brain metabolism. It boosts mitochondrial energy. It boosts memory, mental alertness. You have more fluid thought processes, and it it, it acts as a neuroprotector. Um, the acetyl L-carnitine protects neurotransmitters, which makes it a more powerful complement uh, to boosting the effective of other nootropics. I think that acetyl L-carnitine is great in a um, more focus-driven nootropic stack. Now, um, the usual suggested dosage for all care, the acetyl L-carnitine, is going to be 500 milligrams per day and all the way up to 1,500 milligrams per day, which is a gram and a half. So always, if you're starting a new compound, a new drug, a new chemical, a new supplement, you always want to take the um, most effective dose in the lowest amount. So always start with that lowest amount to assess how your body reacts to something. Don't start at the top end. Always start at the bottom and work your way up gradually and just be smart about it. All right, we got two more compounds I want to touch on on this first uh, episode of the Nootropics podcast. So we're going to talk about methionine and we're going to talk about uridine. So methionine, you've probably seen this somewhere before, but uh, it's also more well-known by its acronym, which you'll see SAM-E, S-A-M-E. Um, it's, it's a pretty popular supplement. It got pretty well-known about 10 years ago to help with, like, sleep aid. Um, but methionine is actually a naturally occurring compound in the body, um, and it's, it is considered a pretty potent nootropic if you use it in the effective amount. What CME does, it helps the process of cell division and repair, as well as the generation of the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine, as well as melatonin. So CME has several really good studies showing its effectiveness in quickly treating depression without the side effects of prescription antidepressants and stuff, um, which a lot of those can just take several weeks to begin working. I can tell you that um, <laughs> I have been prescribed years ago a antidepressant. I was put on Prozac and I did not like it at all. Um, it made me literally feel nothing and it took over a month to even kick in and I just did not feel like myself and I asked to be taken off of that. And I actually found out that from my experience, I uh, saw better results using nootropics and going and seeing a therapist. But that's besides the point here. What CME is used for is boosting your overall mood, relieving symptoms of depression and anxiety, improved energy levels, and there have been some studies showing that it helps reduce the symptoms of fibromyalgia, which is a, a pretty serious disease, an inf uh, inflammatory disease. Um, now, I believe that CME does help with sleep quality, uh, I think it's kind of more of an indirect help. What I think is, um, you know, there's certain people whenever you have anxiety and depression, you'll go to lay down for the night and fall asleep, and it's like your mind just won't stop. You know, it's like no matter what you do, you can't fall asleep because you're worrying about stuff or you're dwelling on things. I think that methionine or SAMe, what it does is it helps really kind of contain those things to where you can – it's not as severe, you know, you're not constantly worrying about shit and it's taken all those just kind of like thoughts that are just like getting out of hand and just kind of like culling them down to where they're manageable. So, cause if you have that going on, you're not going to be able to fall asleep. You're going to sit there laying in bed, tossing and turning, just worrying about shit cause you can't shut your brain down. I think the CME helps, uh, with improved sleep because 
it's mitigating a lot of those issues to where you can just focus on fall asleep. Now, the recommended dose for CME as a nootropic is right at 400 milligrams per day. Um, you can pretty much get this stuff anywhere now. You can get it at Walmart. Um, I think I've even seen it at the dollar store once. So it's, it's effective, um, it's pretty popular, and it's a really good one. All right, the last nootropic that we're going to talk about here in part one is uridine monophosphate. Now, this is a precursor to ribonucleic acid, or RNA. And what RNA does is it basically provides instructions to our DNA to help create memory by facilitating connections between our brain neurons. So it's very important. Um, however, from an aging standpoint, RNA levels decrease as we get older. Um, therefore, supplementing with uridine is actually pretty crucial in, as an anti-aging tool to help improve memory function. And there's a lot of other things in the anti-aging community like NMM, NAD+, NAD Eptal, and things like that. But uridine or uridine monophosphate is a nootropic that effectively crosses the blood-brain barrier thanks to the monophosphate portion of the uridine. This acts as a neurotransporter to help uridine through the body unharmed where it's not getting broken down and eventually delivers it across that blood-brain barrier, okay? Now, the uridine does come from a variety of foods uh, like your broccoli. It comes from sugar cane, yeast, liver, and even tomatoes. Um, but using uridine as a supplement as far as a nootropic will, you know, have been shown to do the following. It'll uplift and stabilize mood. It'll help relieve uh, feelings of stress. Um, it's, there's a lot that I've seen that talks about it helping manage um, uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, it does have anti-anxiety properties, and it helps modulate and normalize uh, dopamine release. Now, the recommended dosage um, for you just starting out with a uridine monophosphate as an nootropic is going to be 150 milligrams, and you can take that to 250 milligrams, and you can actually take that up to twice per day. Again, start out with the lowest doses first. Um, taking this with alpha GPC um, is recommended, and they pair well together. This is why you'll often see a lot of supplements, uh, like on Amazon and Nootropics Depot, that will have alpha GPC coupled with uh, the uridine because they they should be taken together if you're going to use a, a uridine all right folks this is going to wrap up part one of the nootropic series uh, when we come back in the next two episodes we're going to be covering some vastly different topics here we're going to talk about some of the synthetic more extreme or more hardcore stuff like your fenobute the race tan families and things like that um, and stuff that affects more of the dopamine type levels. Then we'll come back and we'll talk about botanic-based or plant-based nootropics. And then we'll also touch on some of the neuropeptides, which is kind of like the bridge between peptides and nootropics. And there's some very interesting ones there. Um, I will tell you, if you have liked anything that you've heard in today's episode or any of the content that I've made over the last several years for that matter on this platform, um, I have my first book that I have self-published for Leaving Weakness. Uh, it is called The Enhancement Manifesto. I'm very proud of this ebook. It took me a hell of a long time to write, and a lot of labor and love went into it. And what this book does is it helps you basically from the point of not knowing anything about any of this shit, whether it be bodybuilding compounds, nootropics, peptides, any of that stuff, starting off as a novice and becoming an expert in it. There's over 80 different compounds covered. It's almost 150 pages. There's over 40,000 words. We talk about peptide science, understanding why and how enhancers work. Uh, discuss, you basically become a SARM expert. Uh, you, it shows you how to avoid side effects and diminishing returns. Uh, effectively run PCT, of enhance your cognitive performance with the nootropics. I even have like a DIY chemistry part where I teach you how to make your own research chemicals like nasal sprays, liquid SARMs, things like that. I even show you how to make your own bacteriostatic water, uh, help under testosterone and hormone replacement therapy, understand what sort of blood work to ask for. There's so much shit in this book. Um, the Enhancement Manifesto, you can go to leavingweakness.com, 
slash book and it'll take you to a page where you can purchase that or you can just hit the link down in the description of the show notes for today's podcast. All right, so now we're going to thank, plug, and get coupon codes to you guys for our sponsors. So I want to thank Amino Asylum. Love this company. Been using them for years. I promote them on Leaving Weakness, but I also use their products daily. That's one of the companies I really believe in because they're good guys that are running this company and they're trying to do things right and ethically. Um, so if you're looking for amino blends like injectable L-carnitine, uh, you know, any sort of peptide, any sort of SARM, PCT, they have a lot of nootropics, all that kind of stuff. Plus, one of the more innovative things that they've done is actually offer an option for people who want to use peptides but don't want to have to inject them because they have the nasal spray versions of a lot of peptides now. Um, so you can go to their website, aminosylum.com, and use the 20% off coupon code, which is LW20, and that will get you 20% off anything that you purchase, and that also supports the show. Also want to thank our good friends over at Kimio. Um, the company has been around forever. They do an outstanding job, have really great quality control and video showing how that works and pl- plenty of documentation on their quality control process on their website if you want to understand more about that. But this company has a really good selection of SARMs uh, that are liquid, but they also have the SARMs in a powdered form. Uh, so you can do your own uh, DIY with that as well. Um, they also have powdered nootropics. A lot of the things that we discussed in here you can get from Kimio. Um, outstanding company. They post the third-party testing results on their website. You can get on their website, uh, kimio.com, and use the coupon code LEAVINGWEAKNESS10, and that will get you 10% off of anything that you purchase from them. Also want to thank our new friends over at Protogenis. Protogenis is a newer company that's really making a name for themselves pretty quickly. Uh, They're primarily a SARMs company, but they have um, some nasal sprays as well as uh, bottles that have multiple uh, different compounds in it, like whole stacks. So you can go to their website and check out their stuff. Um, 20% off coupon code is going to be LW20. Again, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, supporting our sponsors and our sources helps support this platform where we can keep doing this and also buying that ebook and or at least checking it out and seeing if it's something that's worth your money. I do believe it will be. Um, appreciate you guys listening and we'll see you in part two of the Nootropics episode.